We're holding Kufchav Daladam with base. We're going to start from like um, four lines from the top. And last time we had a machloikis between uh, basically it's Rava and Abaya, Rava and Rabba, which earlier we had between Rava and Abaya. If you're allowed to move a Kaili Shemalachti Le'isur, if you're allowed to move it, the Tzarech Mekoymoy, in order to use its space, or a Kaili Shemalachti Le'heter, a permitted Kaili, are you allowed to move it, the Tzarech Atzmoy, to protect the actual Kaili? So, Rabbah said no, and Rava said yeah, and Abayi held like Rabbah. Now, Okay, you would think Rabba, the Rebbe, and Abayas, Talmud all hold that way. Says the Gemara, really, Rav, all the way back, Rav, we have a proof that Rav holds like Rava, that you're, you're allowed to move. You're allowed to use, to move it to use its space. Rav, Rav said like this, Mar, if you have a shovel, you want to take it away from the it's outside in the field, and you say, Hey, someone might steal it, and out in the field in your backyard within our You want to bring it back to your house? This is called moving for no need, and that's not allowed. Time the whole reason why it's considered not that you don't need it. And the only reason you're moving it is that it shouldn't get stolen. If you need it either to use it or to use it, space motor, it's allowed. So we see that Rav holds it, they're both okay. So then, what a very nice, he brought a quote from Rav, but I have a different quote from Rav, which seems to say the exact opposite. Not a halacha he said in Yeshiva, but a story that happened, and the story that happened, it seems to show that he holds he's not allowed to move things. Ikla happened to come, Lebein Rav, to the house of Rav. It was on Shabbos. And he said, hey, I have a nice cheer for him. I have a certain trap. I don't know what they would trap with it. And, you know, it's a Kedush Malach to Eliezer. We bring it in order that Afkana should be able to sit, to sit down on it. Now, I'm not sure, as we'll see soon, if this was the best cheer he found for this Afkana. Or... That he wanted really, as we'll see later, he wanted to save this. Uh, this uh, he wanted to save it from from uh, from outside that they shouldn't get stolen. But it was he's not allowed to do that. But now he has something else he can do with it. Now he has uh, someone that could use it to sit down. He said, "You know what? Let me take it in in order that it should sit down, and through that I'll have the benefit of saving it, whatever it was." But basically, he said, "Bring this." Bring this trap for the koyin, that he should sit down on it. Doesn't this prove to you the fact that he specified, bring it in that he should sit down on it, seems to indicate that he holds that the only way you're allowed to move a trap on Shabbos, the trap obviously is something which you're not allowed to use on Shabbos, is in order to use it directly not in order to use its space. So this Lechayda seems like Rabba, not like Rava. Says the Gemara Loi. Hachi Amr This is what he told them. Take the trap away because the coin wants to sit down. Let him sit down. Which in a way would make more sense. Why would he give him a, a trap to sit down on? He would give him a comfortable chair to sit down on? 
but he wants to clear the space. So really the story was not repeated uh, accurately. The story was repeated and you had you have to really say that he wanted to clear the space. I guess since the story is a story and the halacha he said over was a clear halacha, we would more likely say that the halacha was repeated over correctly and the story, the person didn't re- realize what was the important part of the story. So when he said over the story, he missed out some details and he... Or he, he said he said it differently in the thing that he thought was not so important. So he thought they wanted to actually use it that, and the, the story really was. They wanted to clear the space. B-boy say more. Maybe you could say, like I said before, There, really, he wanted to take it in in order to protect it. But, um, but he's he, he not allowed to. Now, it was outside, let's say, in the rain, and Rav Kana wasn't going to sit down over there. So he can't say they clear the space. That wasn't an option. So the only option was to tell someone to sit down on it. Now, it's it's actually brought in the law of this idea. I you allowed to like, make a trick? If you want to move Muktzah, not Muktzah, not proper Muktzah, but uh, you want to move it for itself or whatever reason, and you're going to use its place, yeah, is it, is it, uh, is it okay? So the wording in Allah tells you that it's, it's not so simple to make a trick. It has to be that what you're using it for is a real need. I could have used something else, but at the end of the day, it's a real need. Rav came in and he really needed a chair. And let's say there were really no more chairs. So he brought in this trap serving, actually, I must have been a trap that somehow has a comfortable seating on top, and it's really serving something which he needs, or could be had another chair, but Lepoil, I'm using it for something that I really need. So although the reason I'm taking it is in order to protect it, but what I used it for, the trick has to be a real trick. In other words, I have to find something I need, yeah, and therefore, since I really need it, so I'll use this for what I need. So I wouldn't take it for that, but now I found something that I need, and this will serve the purpose. That's fine. That's called the Haroma Muteris. However, if it would be I'm making, I'm using it for something which I never needed, that wouldn't be a that wouldn't be a good tr- a trick. So here also, the answer is really he wanted to protect it, but he needed the, an excuse. And I kind of came in and said, Oh, a guest, very guest, I need to bring a chair. So I'm going to bring that trap as a chair. So that would be my way how I could how I could protect it. But I had to specify that because otherwise they might think that I'm allowed to move a kelish shemalach to the to protect it. So he said, no, I'm, I'm moving it in order they should sit down. Now that was the only option. But really, if you would need the space, it would also be fine. So end of story. Rav agrees with Rav that you're allowed to move a kelish shemalach to the isur to tzorich Fine. Now a similar story where we see two things. One thing is connected to the machloikis of Rabbah and Rava. So we'll see something connected to that, whether you're allowed to move a keli shemalach to leheter, to protect it. That would be the Gemara of here, that's part of the machloikis. And also connected a bit to what we said just now, when I'm moving something for one reason, but I'm not allowed to, so I'm finding an excuse. So let's see. Ramari by Rachel. Ramari, the son of Rachel. He had, it's an interesting story why it's called the Mari Barucho, let's not get into that. <clears throat> he had a, 
usually they say the name of their father. And so he had a, a blanket outside in the sun, and he was afraid that it's going to get ruined. Also, the Kamei Durov, he came to him, he said, Rabbi, can I bring it into the house? No problem, because Rav holds <coughs> that you're allowed to move a Kalish to protect it. But he obviously, as we saw, we, we see, didn't hold that. So he thought that you were allowed to bring it in similar to what Rav said. In other words, if you have an excuse, you need a blanket, you could use this blanket. He said, Isni Achrina, I have another blanket. He said, okay, it's fit for guests. I have enough blankets for the guests. Now you're proving the Kerabba spirit, that you're not allowed to move a Kedish to protect it. Because you're so particular that it should be really needed. That means that you, for to save it, you're not allowed to. If so, the Kuli Al Mashari, the Didach Asir, I really hold on the Kerabba. I hold you allowed to move it to protect it. They're allowed to bring it in. But you, you know, you hold of a certain halacha. You're not allowed to go against the halacha that you hold if a rabbi tells you differently. If you're clueless, you ask the rabbi, you follow the rabbi. But if you really know the halacha, you're you're a rabbi yourself. You learned, you're, you're qualified to know these things. And you have a certain opinion, then you can't just do otherwise because the rabbi said so. So you have an opinion, obviously, that rabbi, you thought it through and you came to that conclusion. You can't rely on me to bring it in, so you're not allowed to. And here we see, oh, I'm sorry, not like what I said before, much more strict. That you need, in order to make a trick, it has to be that you really need it. So by Rav Kahn, it must have been that he had no other cheer. He had no other cheer, and therefore, although the main thing on his mind was, I want to protect my, my trap, but Lepoil, he needed it for something which he didn't have something else to serve for that, and then you're allowed to do it. So that's back in the rule. From this Gemara we see, and after everything... He has it like worded out in that style that you're you're allowed to move a kalish malach to lisur the tzorich mekoymoi, even though the main thing in your mind tzorich gufay I'm sorry, even though the main thing in your mind is to protect it, but the thing that you're using it for is real. You really need it for that, like the story of Ramari Barachu. That might be the reason why we're bringing the story, not just to show how he told him if you hold differently than you can't, but also to say that. Even according to us, whatever we're not allowed to protect, like a kilishimlachtilaiser, it has to be that you if you're using an excuse, the excuse has to be real. You need this for something. Although that wasn't the first thing in your mind, but you're using it for something because you don't have something else, and then you're allowed to, otherwise you're not allowed to. Fine. Okay. Omrachia Barashi Amarath. Machbeide shall milsa. Soft brooms made out of cloth, which they, they would use to clear the table. Mutter the Tantal and Bishamas, you're allowed to move them around on Shams. Amosho tomorrow, if they're made out of date branches, which then they weren't allowed to sweep a floor in Shambis because you might come to sweep an unfloored floor, and then you, you're gonna straighten out the floor and uh, make biboina, you're filling in the holes. So so you weren't allowed to sweep with it, so you're not allowed to move it. We'll see soon what that means. Rabbi Lozer, even Ashel tomorrow, you're allowed to move even a date broom. Now, what's going on over here? If you're moving it for your to use the broom, let's say, I don't know what, to do something permitted with it, or to clear its space, 
Would the Rav say that you shouldn't move a, a, a brew made out of a date branch? We just established that Rav agrees to Rava that you're allowed to move uh, any Kalish in Malachter even to use its space. That's what we established. And what are you telling the Chamal that says you want to protect the broom? Is Rabbi Loza going to say, you're allowed to move a broom? He agrees that it's Kalish and Malachter He agrees you're not allowed to sweep a floor with a hard broom that might straighten the floor. So, so everyone should agree that you're allowed to move it for using it or for clearing the space, but not to protect it. It says, what are you right? They must be talking about to protect it. You can't say that Rabbi Lezer is arguing, so you have to make a small adjustment. Rabbi Lezer never said it's allowed. You um, should just say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He said Avshel tomorrow that it's not. No, if they, we didn't say that correctly. Rabbi Lozer agreed to Rav. Rabbi Lozer said you're not allowed to move the broom if it's to protect it. You're only allowed to move it to Gufayim HaKoyimah. Fine. So we have from this thing is that Rav agrees to Rava that you're allowed to move a forbidden keli and a permitted keli you're allowed to move to protect it. And, and then what if you have two things in mind? The main thing is you want to protect it, but you also want to use it. So you're allowed to do it, but in condition that it's a real need, that you have nothing else to serve that purpose, then you're allowed to move it having both in mind. However, if you're just going to make up a usage which you don't really need, that's not going to help. Okay, that's that. So we finished the discussion about Kalish Malachtil Isra and Leheter, what you're allowed to move it for, what not. Now we're going to talk about broken Kalim. So before, in the beginning of the period we spoke about, Fixable kalim. Now we're talking about unfixable kalim. Unfixable kalim that broke. So you have to see if this broken piece is usable the way it is. Because you're not going to fix it. Am I just going to throw it away or could I use it? So that's another discussion. Let's see. Call a kalim on itolim b'shamis. Any kalim you should allow to move on shamis. Shivrayam nitolim imoim. If they broke, you may move their broken pieces as well. They should be doing some type of job. Okay? Which means, for example, if you have a bowl that used to need the dough in and it broke, if you could use that broken piece to cover a barrel, broken glass, to cover a jug, I wouldn't recommend it for most people. I guess in those days, they, they, they were a bit more, the safety precautions weren't as advanced. They did whatever. They were just careful. They shouldn't touch the sharp edge. So they would use a broken piece of glass to cover a jug. That's good enough. Rabbi Huda no. They have to do similar to their original job. which used to need dough. They have to be large enough. They could pour in a thick dish which looks similar to dough, that, that's how large they have to be. Misha's chokhiz of his broken glass, which used to be used for a jug of oil. Lots of glasayich and shem, and now you can also use it as a small cup of oil. We'll see later, Rabbi Yehuda holds of the concept called muktzah. Now, we all hold of muktzah, but Rabbi Yehuda holds of a different type of muktzah. He holds anything which wasn't designated before Shabbos for usage, such as 
food in a storage room, which you plan to use months later. And they said, he decided, let me use it now. He held a smoke, so you're not allowed to use it on Shabbos. Or Neuland. If something was one category and then turned into a different category on Shabbos, he holds a smoke, so you're not allowed to use it. For example, here, if a keli broke and the broken piece is usable, but not for its original usage, it's a new keli. If it's a new keli, then Rabbi Yehuda holds a smoke. If it's smoke, then, uh, uh, then you're not allowed to use it. That has to be, if it's serving the original usage or something similar, then it's not muktzah, then you're allowed to move it. Says the Gemara. Amar Rav Yehuda, Amar Shmuel, Machloikis, the whole Machloikis of the Mishnah is Shenishburu Me'erev Shabbos. If they broke before Shabbos, the Ma'ar Sobar, Tanakata, Rav Yehuda holds, Me'in Malach Tonin, if it's similar to the original usage, it's still worth something. Me'in Malach HaAcher Esloif, it's a different Malacha, then it's not worth anything. Not like what we explained before, we'll see soon. Even if it serves a different purpose, it's still worth something. If it broke on Shabbos, it never holds it allowed. Since in the beginning of Shabbos, they were ready for usage based on their base, based on their original Kaili, you're allowed to use it even when it broke. Basically, says there's a Mishnah that says different than you. A Mishnah talking about let's say if you have wooden utensils, you could use it for burning wood. But the Ein Masikim Mishivre Kalim, you may not burn with broken Kalim. Sounds like one of the Nishburu Amas. Now on Yomtif, broken wooden Kalim that it's good for fire. When did it break that you're telling me you're not allowed to use it? They broke before Yomtif. Any wood is okay on Yomtif. Burning wood is good. It's not mukta. So on Shabbos, you could tell me a keli that was broken before Yom before Shabbos. I don't want it. But a broken keli before Yom Tif, very good. Now I have wood for fire. Who would ever think that it's not that it's mukta? El Lava must be the Yom Tif. It must be that on Yom Tif, it broke on Yom Tif, and and that's why you're not allowed to. The Katonian, it says, Masikin Bekalim, you can use full Kalim. Hey, Masikin Meshiv Bekalim, we not use broken Kalim. So obviously, Rabbi Huda holds a Kalim which broke on Yom Tev, the same man on Shabbos. Then, since they're Noila, they're a new category, you're not allowed to move them. Not like what you said that it's only if it's before Shabbos. No, if anything, the opposite. It says, What are you right? It must be the opposite. You must tell over the statement in a different way. The whole machlek is only if it broke on Shabbos. The Ma'asovar Tanakama holds Muchanu. It was ready to be used, and now it's ready to be used. What's the problem? He holds that if it's changed category, then it's Muchsa. I never thought about this before Shabbos, and therefore I'm not allowed to move it. If it broke before Shabbos, and it's usable for something, and we will agree that it's allowed. It was designated for this new usage out of Shabbos. That's fine. Okay. So I think about it. Now, let's try to figure out a puzzle based on these opinions that we learned out of here. We have a puzzle of three braces. Tony Chadim, we learned in one brace, you can use wooden utensils for burning wood on Yom Tiv. We may not use broken utensils, as we just said now. The Tani, the Chadiva Brisa says, no. 
Kishem she mesikim the kelim could use full kelim. Kach mesikim mishir the kelim could use broken ones. V'tani dech is a third one. Ain mesikim leib the kelim and leib mishir the kelim. We not use not broken and not full kelim. What's going on over here? Says the Gemara Hara Bihuda. Okay, two of them are easy. The first one, which says don't use broken kelim, that's Rabbi Yehuda, which holds of Mukhtza, says it's no you're not allowed to use it. Harnad Bishimin, the second one that says you're allowed to, that's Rabbi Shimon, who does not hold of Mukhtza. He holds that a new category is fine as long as it was, it's it's fit for usage, that's fine. And it was ready for usage before Yomtiv, it was fit then as well, that's fine. That's Rabbi Shimon's opinion. Now, what about the third one, which says don't use any? Rabbi Nechemia, again, that's easy. He says you're only allowed to move things to what it's designated for. Okay, a full kale, wooden kale is not designated to use for burning fuel. You're not allowed to move it. A broken one, okay, he holds like Rabbi Yehuda of Noilad, so you're not allowed to move it. So either way, you're stuck. Fine. Okay, now that we spoke about Muktzah, we'll speak about other things about Muktzah. When they took bricks and they built a building and they had some extras and they left it outside, just free for all, what am I going to do with it? So you could, there's bricks lying around after building. You could move them around. They're fit to sit down on them. Again, fit is not enough because you're not allowed to move anything which is fit. It sounds like it was very normal to use to sit down on it. And it could be also the fact that it's somewhat man-made. It is man-made. It wasn't man-made for, uh, for cheer, but it was man-made for building. Plus, it's very normal in those days to use it to sit down. That makes it called toiras keli. It's not a mamisha keli. It's not. A, it's not. Wasn't designated for the use, but it's in the category of a keli, and therefore allowed to move it. Shargino, but if I set them up uh, like for building on, 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 in like a proper pile uh, for the next building, that means I set it aside. I want to use it for building again. I'm not allowed to sit down on it. Fine. A small piece of uh, earthenware utensil which broke, and we said it has to be used in serving something. It's a very small piece, it can't cover any jugs. But still, in your backyard, you can move it. Why? Because sometimes you use it over there. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's a small piece of uh, 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 earthenware that could cover utensils. I'm sorry. So he says it's a, it's a limit where you could move it around, in your backyard. Because there you could cover things. However, Avel is in the street where the Rabboni are not allowed to carry more than four Amis, like, because, because it's a, you have no Kalim over there and you can't move it to where your Kalim is, so therefore it's Muktza. That's what he said in the name of Shmuel. Rav Nachman said his own opinion, arguing on Shmuel. And he said, I feel the caramelist, you can even move it around in a caramelist. Why? Because since it's not a real road, people don't walk around over there. So people sit down over there. And suddenly something's dirty on the floor and they want to cover it up. They'll take this piece of earthenware and cover up the dirt. So it's still usable over there. But Rabba Omar, Rabba says, I feel the Why? You don't use it over there for anything? Rabba goes like his opinion elsewhere, which basically is saying, Whatever is fit somewhere is fit everywhere. And that's the way it works on Shabbos. There's no different categories in different places. What happened over there? The Rav Rav went Beriska de Mechuza in the street, a uh, street called Riska. I guess they had the street names in those days as well. One of the roads was called Riska in the city Mechuza. It Vasai Misani. 
his shoes, Tina, with his shoes became dirty with the mud. Also, Shamish came as Gabe is Shamish. Shakal Chaspi saw a piece of earthenware on the floor. Become a and he started scraping off the mud from his rabbi's shoes. Rabbi Rabbanon Kola, all the rabbis there said, Hey, 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 what are you doing? Stop, stop. Shamish, Shamish. Yeah. Amr said, Robert, Robert turned around to him and said, the lame is is not enough. The lame is They didn't learn enough halachas. They're teaching someone else halachas. They're screaming at him. Hey, you didn't learn the halacha yourself. You're coming to wrong conclusions and you're screaming at them. You don't know the halacha. If we would be in our backyard, wouldn't be wouldn't it be fit to cover a utensil? Now it's also worth for something. Look, I could, I could, I could, uh, I could scratch my shoe with it. Which means to say, the point was, if it's called a keli, it's called a keli. Is it? If it's worth, if it could be used somewhere, it could be used anywhere. It, it, it's called a keli anywhere. Don't change. Don't make it any differentiations. And you see, here he proves his point: the fact that something is. It's useful. Here it's also useful. I wouldn't call it a keli for that because people don't put aside a piece of clay to scratch the shoes. But it just proves to you that it's a usable thing and therefore it's considered it's a considered a keli. Fine. Okay. You have a cork for a barrel which the barrel cracked. Now the cork I guess is useless now. You're going to throw it away. Still you can still move it around since it was useful and I guess now you can still use it um, for, I guess, a different a different barrel. So you're allowed to move it around. If a, a, a cork of a barrel which was crushed, you're allowed to move it and the cracked pieces of, of earthenware. You can move it around because, as we said, if they're fit for any usage, that's okay. But he's warning you something. Since you're moving this broken barrel, don't break off a piece which is half broken. To take it and to cover a keli with it. Or to, to, to support a bed which was tilting, was caving in a bit. One of the, the legs became a bit broken. Don't put it under. But if you threw it in the bin, asur. Says the Gemara, it must give a lot of puppets. Rafa asked a strong question on this. When I throw in the bin something on Shabbos, something which was a keli, and I threw it in the bin, it's muktzah. Elamiyat. Let's say like this: I was man on Shabbos. Zorak I took my coat, my cloak, I threw it in the bin. Hachanami da also, you're going to tell me that it's muktzah because I threw it in the bin on Shabbos? It was ready before Shabbos, and it's the same, the same cloak. Nothing changed. Why would it be a problem? So here also, the broken piece was usable. It wasn't called a, it was called a keli. So the fact that I threw it away shouldn't change anything. If you threw it before Shabbos into the bin, so although it was usable, but you, 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 you expressed your intention before Shabbos that you're not intending to use this, that takes away the name of keli of it, and therefore it's muktzah. So that's the rule. If you throw something to the bin before Shabbos, then it becomes muksa. However, if you threw it on Shabbos, it makes no difference. It was not muksa before, it's not muksa later as well. Okay, so to summarize what we learned, we started off with Rav agreeing to the fact that you're allowed to move a Kalish to use its space. Then we spoke about that if something uh, like a Kalish 
is uh, one is protected, but you're not allowed to move it in order to protect it. So you want to find a trick. You want to find something else to use it for and then to move it. It has to be that what you're moving it for, what you're using, is a real need. They have nothing else to use for it. They just didn't think about it before you wanted to save that object. But at the end of the day, you it's serving a real purpose. Only then you're allowed to move it. Otherwise, you're not allowed to move it by hand. Um, fine. Um, then we mentioned a story that Mori Barachel didn't want to say, didn't want to bring in his, 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 his blankets. And Rav was trying to, to help him out, but then he said, "No, you're showing that you hold like like uh, like like Rabbo that uh, that you're not allowed to move a permitted utensil uh, to save it. So if you stuck in that allowed, if you hold like that, you cannot go against your halacha. I disagree with that. Fine. Then we had a mission about broken kalim. So there's a machloek. Tanakama says that uh, if it serves something, the, 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 the broken piece serves something, it's fine. And says only if it's serving, it's, a, it's something similar to the original usage. The conclusion of the Gemara is that the Machloikis is when it broke on Shamas. Tanakama says if it's usable, it's usable. Rabbi Yehuda says, um, he also the idea of Neuland. If it's a new category, you're not allowed to move it. So therefore, if it serves something new on Shamas, you can't move it, but if it was be- but if it was before Shabbos, it's fine. But if it serves something similar to the original usage, then it's fine. Then, based on this, we had a puzzle of three brises. One says that on Yom Tif, you can you can burn only use only complete kalim as burning fuel, but not broken ones. One says you can use both. One says you can use none. How do we explain this? Rabbi says you can use only whole ones, not broken ones, because it's noilat. You can use both. That's Shimon, which he doesn't hold of noilat. You can't use any. That's Nechemia, which he holds. He can only use it for its original usage. Fine. Then we spoke about weir. I'm sorry. Before that, we spoke about bricks. Why is it over here? I'm not sure. That bricks were considered something which was very common to use to sit, and therefore, if you have some left over from building, you can you can use them to sit, unless you pile them up in a way that you're going to build something else from it, or you want to store them away for the next building, then you're not allowed to move it to sit. Then we spoke about weir. To have a broken keli, is there a limit that I can only move it in a place that it's usable? So Shmuel says, yes, only in your backyard. We have kalim to cover. And Nachman says, no, even in a caramelist, which you could cover maybe a, something dirty on the floor. Rav says, anywhere. Because if it's if it's a kalim, it's a kalim. And to prove his point, he says, I could use it anywhere. Let's say, for example, he was in, this, in the street and his shoes became dirty. And his shamish used this broken piece of earthenware to, to scrape it off. He said, very good. And whoever screamed at him, he said, you got to learn before you scream at anyone. Fine. Um, then we we just uh, cautioned you that you shouldn't break off a piece from a broke from a half broken barrel. Don't finish breaking it off, because then you're doing makabapatish, which that uh, applies to many things. Which you have like you could break it off, like just finish off the breaking, and then it's going to serve for any purpose that's not allowed. That's called makabapatish. Um, then we 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 spoke about throwing it in the bin. That if you threw it in the bin before Shabbos, then it's muktzah. Because you express that you don't want to use it. If you threw it on Shabbos, it makes no difference. It was okay before, it's okay after as well. And it doesn't become muktzah.